Hi and welcome back to the Dead Ball Ever podcast. Um, again this week we'll focus on the Lions Tour to New Zealand and I do still fully intend to do a podcast around the England and Scotland Tours but with the second test days away I wanted to get something out discussing the last test match the teams for this week's game and the changes made and also talk about how the tour has gone so far. So we'll start by focusing on the first test and we'll break down the squads for the second game in Wellington and then we'll talk about what that means for the second and third games. Um, so the first test my initial thoughts are it was a very good game to watch. Yes, the Lions held off in the last 20 or so minutes, but I think that was always to be expected. It was always the mountain that the bench needed to overcome. But I thought there were glimpses of the damage a well-drilled Lions team can do. Um, the All Blacks, I think, brought exactly what we expected them to do. High level of uh, um, execution, playing the game at pace, and, and individual skills that were just too good for the Lions on the day. Um Statistically wise, it was a really interesting game as well. Um, on watching the Test match, it felt like the Lions were, were in it a lot more than the statistics would say. So possession-wise, the All Blacks had 61% of the possession and the Lions had 38%. Territory-wise, the All Blacks had 62% of the territory and the Lions had 37% of the territory. Now, without knowing those stats, I felt the Lions were in the game a lot more than they actually were but that those statistics would lean towards the All Blacks being incredibly dominant and I think that's really backed up by um, if we look at how how efficient the All Blacks were at turning kind of 22 entries into into scoring opportunities and taking those scoring opportunities now the analyst on uh, a guy on Twitter called Simon Grieve who's a, an analyst he does a 22 entry um, analysis for every game um, and he did one of the, of the last uh, the last test match. So if we use that as a basis, um, the Lions entered the All Blacks 22 10 times and converted four of them into scores. The All Blacks entered eight times and converted six of those into scores. And I think that shows exactly how clinical the All Blacks were, leaving only two missed opportunities at, on the pitch, whereas the the Lions left six. Um, and I think that really shows how efficient the All Blacks are. And I think we can also look at the Lions statistic there to also see how efficient the All Blacks are at stopping opposition from scoring when they're in their 22 and turning those uh, attacking opportunities for one side into an attacking, you know, turning it around into an attacking opportunity for themselves. And I think that gives us a bigger picture of exactly how efficient right through the spectrum of the game the All Blacks actually are. Um, and, and obviously one of the key themes after the game was how many missed opportunities were left out there. And I think this illustrates that certainly there were times when the, the, all, sorry, the Lions made breaks and, and just weren't able to finish it. I think the um, no try, the very first no try in the, uh, in the second minute fairly at Daly is a really good example. The Lions make a break, um, but at the time they make the break, they actually have a 4 on 2 Make the break... But the All Black defence is able to turn and chase that down. And by the time they make the tackle, um, they have more numbers back at the breakdown than the Lions have attacking players. And that's on a turn, turn and chase, which is quite incredible, really. By the time they chased it down, they had four to, they had five defenders to three Lions. And, and that's, that's quite incredible. That shows their work rate, their work ethic, and, and how clinical they are at just shutting down opportunities. So I think we saw that from the All Blacks. I think we, we saw exactly how efficient they are 
through the game. And, and I think that's something we all knew, but I think that's a really good illustration of exactly how good they are and exactly how big a mountain it is for the Lions to overcome when they leave six opportunities out there and the All Blacks leave two um, with fewer uh, entries. Um, defence was a really, really interesting uh, aspect to the game, or certainly the Lions' defence was, was an interesting aspect to the game. We knew all through the uh, tour and leading into this test, it was always going to be about line speed, line speed. Now, if you go back to the first podcast I did two weeks ago, I said there and then there's an issue with Farrell's defensive systems and there's always an issue in and around the transition zone, so either side of the ruck. Um, and what we saw from the All Blacks was them neg- negating the line speed by attacking that transition zone. Um, coming through and they were able to get around the mound, get the offloads in and then get in and turn the defence. So that's an issue that's been in all of Farrell's defensive systems. England suffered from it if you go all the way back to the World Cup when uh, Australia beat them. Um, they scored multiple, you know, two tries through that transition zone. Um, when Australia played Ireland uh, in November, uh, Reese Hodges' try, I think, was scored via attacking that transition zone again. So it's always an issue for Farrell's teams. For some reason, he doesn't seem to have as big a premium on defending either side of the ruck uh, as he does in having a fast press on the outside. Uh, and it, all that's exploited that, and that's how they gained momentum, and that's how they managed to turn the defence. I was surprised with how much they did it, but... Um, but it was very effective and once they were in that narrow defence because obviously the defence is turning, chasing in and they, it folds in so you, you, you get that kind of arrowhead effect on the defensive line and it also meant they didn't need to kick as much to the corners they weren't, because the defence was narrow they could keep the ball in in hand and uh, and, and then play um, and so, but the Lions defence on occasions it stood up with lots of big individual hits but as a unit it just didn't it didn't have an answer to the All Blacks coming through the middle. They, they were expecting them to go one, two passes out, uh, and they just couldn't do it. Um, they, they just couldn't shut that down because they don't have the line speed in that transition zone, and, and their spacing is very, very bad. That's another aspect of Fowler's defensive system. There's always a big spacing on those on those uh, transition zones. He His system seemed to be about just getting a visual wall there, and then pushing it up rather than actually getting numbers into areas that can shut down the defence. It's all about creating uh, an image of a big, flat, solid defensive line. Um, Attacking-wise from the Lions, uh, yeah, again, as I said, I thought we would see some screen passing. Um, we saw a lot more of that with Fowler at 10. We saw Teo and Davis both sliding in behind uh, the, again, the no try for Daly was directly off of a, a slide behind with Davis coming around the corner and exploiting a, a two-on-one. <clears throat> and, and and I think we'll see more of that this week with a foul playing at 12. Um, got to talk about the try. It was absolutely amazing, the try. <laughs> and, and you know what I'm talking about, the Lions try um, for O'Brien. Absolutely fantastic, but I think we saw exactly how important cohesion is at this level, uh, with both Williams and Davis being from the from Wales, and more importantly from uh, Clenethley, or sorry, the Scarlets. Um, 
and being able to link up and exploit the space and then bringing Daly and O'Brien into it. Um, the biggest problem in attack for me was the unforced errors. Uh, I thought the, the pattern of play was fine. I know people think they were out-muscled, but I do still think they were creating space with their uh, with their plays. I think the biggest issue was unforced errors, uh, such as Furlong's uh, turnover, um, and also Watson makes a break and then goes for 50-50 offload. That had it stuck, great, but it didn't. And 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 you know that's the difference between turning a game around. You make a lovely break, you go 30-40 meters, and you throw an offload. That that goes from being a very positive contribution to being a very negative contribution to to the performance. So that's that's you know that's, that's quite hard. Um, All Blacks, yeah, exactly what we thought. So we saw the guys coming down the middle. We saw them exploiting the transition zone. We saw fantastic offloading skills. Defenders getting moved off their line so they can get around the body and, and leave the ball in space. Um, and that once that had folded in defence, we saw them exploit that. Even with the very first try off the tap penalty, we saw the defence had narrowed out from the phases and from being sent backwards and backwards and backwards. And that's why uh, uh, Cody Taylor's uh, was out on the wing was able to you know have the time to gather and score. Um, if we come forward to this week, uh, obviously both squads have named their uh, so both squads have been named for the second test so the lines have gone for Vunapola uh, George Furlong Wynne Jones Atoje Warburton at 6 O'Brien at 7 Falatau at 8 Murray at 9 Sexton at 10 Daly on the wing Farrell at 12 Davis at 13 Watson on the other wing and Williams at at fullback Um, and I I like that Uh, the reserves is Ken Owens McGrath Carl Sinclair Courtney Laws CJ Stander, Reese Webb, Ben Teo and Jack Null. Um, so quickly touching on the Lions squad, I think that's quite... Uh, again, I like the team. I think it's quite hard on Cruz, who I thought was excellent at the set piece, um, but was lacking a little bit around the pitch. He wasn't as effective in defence as I thought he would be, and uh, he didn't contribute that much in uh, in attack, wasn't particularly clearing rucks and wasn't particularly uh, carrying the ball hard. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting to see they've dropped O'Mahony and gone with Warburton. Um, a lot of people thought that would happen. I, I thought they would have stuck with O'Mahony having lost Cruz. Um, Etoje is a great line-out operator, but Cruz is the brains of the England uh, and has been the brains of the Lions uh, line out so far and I thought I would have liked specialist line out six um, because Mahoney on uh, as a defensive line out jumper is, is, is exceptional um, I can understand dropping him from the starting 15 but to drop him right out of the squad I think is quite a big shock same with Cruz um, fine with the backs I know a lot of people are surprised Teo's been dropped but I think um I think there's something in that in that uh, they want to play a slightly more expansive role. I think they had more joy from there. I think uh, so. If you follow Ben Kay on Twitter, he made a really good point um, about Gatlam backing, stopping the All Blacks at the breakdown, and thus needing less physicality in the midfield. Um, so he's looking for finishing and then he's looking for Warburton and that to slow down the All Blacks so that they don't have to have big hitters like Teo in the, in the midfield. 
it's going to be interesting. Certainly, the Win Jones over um, Laws starting is quite a big call. Um, I think Laws has been exceptional, but possibly tired. I think we'll see Warburton drop out for Stander in at six rather than uh, Falatau dropping out and uh, Stander coming in at eight. And I think that will be looking to keep the physicality up at the Rucks. Um, yeah, I think it's a hard to call on Tao in some ways, but I, I, I understand why they've gone for it. Uh, the All Blacks have gone for um, Moody, Taylor, Owen Franks, Brody Vitalik, Sam Whitelock, Tram Kano, Sam Kane and Kieran Reid. Um, Aaron Smith, Bowden Barrett, Rico Ioni, Sonny Bill Williams and Leonard Brown, uh, Wasaki Naholo and Israel Dagg. Uh, Naholo's an interesting one. Obviously, Ben Smith is injured, so Dagg moves to 15. I thought they maybe would bring in Geordie Barrett. Um, but Naholo onto the right wing is probably a positive for the Lions. Uh, Naholo is a fantastic attacker, uh, but as a defensive uh, player, he's not as hot still very good but with the ball in the air he's quite slow to turn he's quite slow to get into the air uh, on attack he's very very good in the air so coming forward and jumping for the ball he's very very good but returning and coming back and trying to sh- shut down high kicks he's, he's not so good and um, I think that's what the Lions were hoping for in the first test um, and I think they will be looking to pressurise him a lot. Elliot Daly on the left wing, very, very fast kick chaser, will definitely be looking to put a lot of pressure on there. Uh, the bench is Harris, Crockett, Famina, Scott Barrett, uh, Surveyor, Perinara, Cruden and uh, Lumapi. Um, so, yeah, business as usual there. Obviously, Lumapi's come in because uh, Leonard Brown's gone in at 13 for Crotty, who's, you know, desperately unlucky to pick up yet another injury um, so no massive surprises there from, from the All Blacks uh, kind of what what we thought next in line slots in uh, they do a little bit of readjustment at the back so the back three is certainly weaker than it was last week um, but yeah I, I, no massive weaknesses there for the, for the All Blacks obviously um, so fast forward into the next game certainly last chance saloon for the Lions um, the Definitely gone on a gamble for more physicality in the pack uh, over the line-out. So they're definitely trying to meet the, the All Blacks head-on. Whether or not they'll have a, a good return from that, I don't know. I think it's, you know, I think people have been shocked with the level of physicality the All Blacks can bring. Um, I think, through the, through the contact here, I think that's obviously a lot to do with their core skills and their ability to move defenders. Um but I think the Lions will be looking to try and snuff out their momentum with big physicality in the tackle zone and try and take uh, that depth away from, from the back line. Um, I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Uh, it's definitely the best chance the Lions have had, uh, or the Lions will have, to beat the All Blacks. I think it is a weaker team on paper than last week, but obviously it's an All Black team. And, and they are phenomenal in, in, in any in any form. Um, so it's going to be hard for the Lions to win, but <clears throat> but I, I do think if they're going to win, this is the one opportunity they've got they've got to do it. I don't think going back to Auckland um, after the loss last week is is going to see them viably turning uh, this into a two-one win. And and I think you know the win this week keeps the series alive, and that's what uh, fans want to see. It's a competitive, uh, a competitive 
series right down to the wire. Anyway, so we'll call it there. Um, thanks for listening again. Don't forget you can get questions to me on Facebook and Twitter, at uh, the Dead Ball area for both. Or you can leave questions and comments below the podcast or on YouTube. Um, I do check them all and I do try to respond. Uh, I was a little bit busy last week, so I didn't have a chance to respond to anything that came in, but, but I will uh, always try and respond if I can. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on ACAST just as the Dead Ball area and hopefully we'll get it on iTunes soon. Uh, thanks for listening and hopefully see you next time. Cheers.